want us all right now, wherever we are, just to begin to just look to God. Take this moment. Just begin to be thankful to Him and have gratitude in your heart. Lord, we are so grateful for what you do in our lives. Lord, we are so grateful for the people that you've brought into our lives, our family, our friends. Lord, acquaintances, Lord, who have said the right things at the right times to encourage. Lord, I thank you for your provision. I thank you, Lord God, for everything that you've brought into our lives, Lord God. Lord, you look after your church. You bless your church. And Lord, I want to say thank you. Church, why don't you just begin to thank him? Love on him right now because he is worthy of it. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Now, if you need something in prayer right now, we're going to pray for people. And um, I'm going to believe the Holy Spirit. He knows exactly what you need. And he's going to be ministering to people in the lounge rooms and the kitchens and the bedrooms right now. So why don't you look to him? Let's begin to pray. If you have a need, why don't you just begin to lift it up to him and ask him, make your request known to him and allow him to come and to, his peace to fully come upon your body right now. Healing. Father, we lift up people right now who need healing. Lord, would you bring healing into their lives? Lord, would you heal that back, that that back would be totally made whole? Lord God, that lady who's been given that diagnosis, Lord God, which brought fear into her life, Lord, let that diagnosis be wrong. And Lord God, let it be totally healed before it's confirmed. Lord, there's someone who, Lord, who had a rash came upon them through their anxiety. Lord, I pray, Lord God, you would just take that anxiety away and the rash would just leave. Lord, for relationships to be restored, Lord God, I pray right now, reconciliation. Bring your presence into every room right now. Let it be felt in every room right now. Church, receive your healing. Receive your miracle. Receive your breakthrough. Because He is worthy of it. In Jesus' name, we love you so much, Jesus. Amen. Amen. Well, it's great to be in church wherever you are. I see there's people who are uh, coming to join us from Melbourne, coming to join us from Adelaide. And who else, who else knows where else? Um, we've got Oberon uh, Church joining us today, which is brilliant. And I um, want to welcome everybody to church. And I hope you've enjoyed a time of worship. And we're going to bring the word in just a moment. And um, so let's get into it. I want to share a few things with you first, a bit of a, uh, a lighthearted thing. I might just take a seat. I was uh, looking for uh, stories. Preachers are always looking for stories and analogies. And um, I read some really good analogies from high school students. I thought I'd share a few with you. <laughs> this one I really love. Her face was a perfect oval, like a circle that had its two sides gently compressed by a thigh master. <laughs> I think that's funny. Like this one. John and Mary had never met. They were like two hummingbirds who also had never met. <laughs> oh, I love it. Um, she had a deep, throaty, genuine laugh, like that sound a dog makes just before it throws up. <laughs> I love them. You can get so much out of an analogy, right? <laughs> I really love this one. She grew on him like she was a colony of E. coli and he was room temperature Canadian beef. 
<laughs> this is my favorite. Um, the ballerina rose gracefully on point and extended one slender leg behind her like a dog at a fire hydrant. <laughs> Sorry, I, I, I just thought it would be funny. <laughs> and uh, I thought I'd share that with you, a bit of a lighter moment in a week, which has probably been a bit taxing for a lot of people, especially if you've got children being educated at home right now. So please enjoy those and get them to write their own analogies maybe. <laughs> That's great. Hey, just for a moment, I'd like to just speak to Strong Nation Church, Australian churches, and I uh, just want to say, you're amazing. You blow my mind. Just the team that pulled together this, but also the team of leaders that we have out there, touching base with all of our people. I love it, and I love you, and I thank you, and I want you to know that Naomi and I pray for you regularly. You're on our hearts all the time. It's a very difficult time in which we find ourselves, but we're all in it together. In fact, the entire world is in it together. And we can be strengthened because we have each other. We're in a church that believes in making sure that every person is connected. So what I'm going to say to you is just give you a heads up. We're going to begin to roll out in the next few weeks, two or three weeks, huddles. Um, leadership huddles, but also huddles where people can actually connect. And what they are, they're going to be small groups that meet online via a thing called Zoom. And I'm going to ask everyone to download Zoom and we're going to educate every person how you can actually um, be part of a Zoom meeting, a huddle. And I'm going to be Zooming my leaders, and they're going to be Zooming their leaders. And then they're going to be Zooming people as well. Right through the whole church, because my heart is that not one person is disconnected. Every person is connected. Church, at this time, one of the biggest risks we have right now is isolation. And the Bible actually says... Anyone who isolates themselves rages against all sound judgment. Don't isolate yourself. Isolate yourself physically, but not emotionally. So I'm going to ask everyone that you would be part of a huddle. It's a 40-minute meeting every week. And your leader will design a time around it. We've all got a little bit more time on our hands right now. And what it is, the time of catch-up, maybe pray together, maybe share something together. And um, I just want you to be connected. Is that good? Love you. And um, I think it will be great as a church as we really move into that. So keep your ear to the ground. You'll be hearing about that in the next couple of weeks. Um, but I'm going to ask everyone, could you please say yes to being part of a huddle? Amen. Well, I want to share with you today a, a word that I hope encourages you, but it inspires me. Uh, last weekend, Naomi and I took out two of our granddaughters, uh, a three-year-old and a one-year-old, off to Bilpin just up the mountains here on Bell's Line of Road, and we went apple picking. We figured that would be a good way to isolate amongst the apple orchards. So we took our grandchildren with us, and uh, I've got to tell you, there's so much to love about making memories. And um, I'll never forget the wow factor of these young little girls who saw all the apple-laden trees, all in perfect rows, and the excitement they had. And you don't have to do much to get a wow out of a one-year-old these days. And I love it. And we had a great time holding their hands as they waddled along, picking up apples off trees and putting them in bags. But um, as you would recall, it was only about six weeks ago, Bilpin was devastated with fires. Incredible fires. Fires which uh, were bringing you know, a lot of worry to a lot of people in the Hawkesbury, where this church is based. And I know that fires were all over the country at that time. And um, I remember sitting and talking to a person who's part of the 
volunteer fire brigade. And I was chatting with him. I said, how are you coping with this? And he just shook his head. He said, oh. And he recalled a story which caused his eyes to well up with tears. And he started talking about, he said, that Rick, there was this one occasion where I thought I'm not coming back from this one. It was so devastating, he said. In fact, he, he said the words, that fire was beep, devastating. And uh, then he apologized because he knows I'm a pastor. But I understand what he meant. He was moved by it. And I think, you know, I'm going to spend a bit of time with him, talking with him as we can to make sure that he's okay because it was a devastating moment. Well, back to the apple orchard story. Naomi and I and the girls were there and I remember walking down the, amongst the trees and I looked up and I saw this beautiful view across a dam. And it was these trees which were black and thin and I could see through them the scenery. They'd been burnt to crisp. But what was appearing all over these trees was this vibrant lime green growth that had actually started coming up all over it. And it was amazing. It struck my eyes. In fact, I took a photo. Hopefully it'll come up on the screen right now. How's that look? Isn't that a beautiful scene? Look at the green. Look at the colours coming. Look at the way that um, the new growth is pouring through. Uh, I loved it. And I was reminded when I looked at that, how it doesn't matter how devastating things can be, new growth will come. New growth will come. Our God is a God of new growth. He loves doing that. You know, the situation, this virus, it's beep devastating right now all over the world. But I want to encourage you, the growth's going to come back. Because God has it in his DNA to be a creator. And he will always create. He is the great creator. And I want to tell you, no matter where you are in life right now, he wants to renew everything in your life. Don't ever think he doesn't. Revelations chapter 21, verse 5. I want to read that to you. Then he who sat on the throne said, Behold, I make all things new. And he said to me, Write for these words are true and faithful. Right, for these words are true and faithful. I make all things new. Well, that's a picture into the victorious Christ coming back to take us. And I can't wait for that day when really everything becomes renewed because Jesus comes back. That'll be great. But I want to tell you, it's not just for them. He has always been one who renews. He is one who renews now and he will always be someone who renews. Today I want to speak about the ways in which God renews this great creator that we serve. His nature is to make things all new. His nature is to bring newness to every situation, especially a devastating situation. How does God renew? Well, the first thing is this. He restores God brings things back into right order. I think about the times when we read about Jesus, how he restored sight to the blind, hearing to the deaf. The man who couldn't walk, he could then walk. He restored so much to so many people. The, the leprous face, he restored clean skin. 
He's a restorer. But he did much more than just restore their condition. He restored their soul. He restored their life. He restored everything around them. He restored their dignity. He's a restorer. But it's much more than just ailments that he restores. He restores relationships. He restores relationship firstly with him through forgiveness and atonement for what he did on the cross and with his resurrection. We are restored in relationship as if nothing went wrong. He restores it better than you. Do you know he's a restorer even in your life today? With him, every day is new. They are full of his new mercies every day. He restores relationships between us and others. He wants us to have a ministry of reconciliation so that we can see ministries and, sorry, not ministries, so that we can see relationships with those around us restored and made even better and new. And for some of you, that's a promise I want you to really grab hold of this morning. He restores people's souls and spirits. He brings freedom into the inner man that we are. He brings freedom and liberty into the inner woman that, that you are and that God wants you to be. And he, he sets souls free and, and spirits free. He's a restorer. And it's always better after he restores than when it was before it even had bad situations happen. Joel chapter 2, 25. So I will restore to you the years that the swarming locust has eaten. I remember a story that uh, Naomi and I, we were just a young family at this point and we didn't have much money. We had four young children and we went shopping and we got all of our groceries. I think it was a month's worth of groceries. And when you've got four growing lads, that's a pretty big bill there, you know. And we're just packing it in the car, all the groceries down at the plaza. And I said to Naomi, do you feel like a coffee? Oh, I'd love a coffee. So we closed the door, we locked it, and we went and had our coffee. About an hour later, we come back to the car and I start the car and the bell starts ringing, ding, 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 telling me that the back door is open. Strange. I went back there and opened it up to discover that everything had been stolen. All of our food, all of our groceries, and our travel cot, which we just purchased brand new, which was very expensive. Wow. We tallied it up and realized it was around about $700 worth and we did not have $700 just to throw away and it was, it was very devastating. But I remembered my pastor preaching a message not long before then about the story of Job, how Satan had to repay Job. And Pastor Jack brought out Proverbs chapter 631. And when he is discovered, he'll have to repay seven times the amount. So I started taking that to prayer. God, I want to be restored. And devil, you owe me seven times, 700 bucks. Do you know, it was about a month later, I looked back and these blessings had come into our lives. People just said, look, I don't have, don't have need for this voucher. Would you like it? We had electrical companies saying we overcharged you. We're going to give you this and credit for your next bill came in. We had so many things come. A young person in our youth had just started a business and wanted to bless me. And when I tallied up everything that had happened within a month, just under $5,000 worth of stuff was given to us. Seven times 700, which is 49, right? Seven times seven. 
God is faithful. He restores. He renews because He's a restorer. You're in situations right now with this whole situation of the virus. You're feeling like there's death creeping in. God is a restorer. You're feeling like you're flat. God is a restorer. You're feeling like you're defeated. God restores victories. You know, you don't need to fear because he wants to renew your life because he will restore everything. Don't fear. Don't let anxiety get hold of you about lack of income or anything like that. Be faithful to God and you will see him restore everything that the devil tries to take off you. Everything. Seven times is my prayer over your life. The second thing, the way he renews is this. He renames. He renames. He speaks new identity and instigates change. God sees beyond what we do and who we are and names us according to our destiny. You've got Abram, a good dad or a dad to be, a man who could be a dad. Changes his name to Abraham, father of many nations. Wow, that was a good change of name. You think about Esther. Esther, her name was Hadash, which means myrtle tree. Myrtles are beautiful. They're nice looking, but they're just a tree. Esther, her name was changed. Esther, the bright star, the one who will rise and bring hope to a whole nation, the Jewish nation. You've got the story of um, Simon, Simon, whose name means reed, can be blown around in the wind. Name was changed to Peter the rock. You cannot be moved. We can build on that. You're the cornerstone. You see, God changes names. Really what he does, he changes identity. You might not have your name changed, although you can if you want, I suppose. But you can definitely have your identity changed. See, your identity was changed to righteous, not sinner. Your identity was changed, victorious, not defeated. Your identity was changed, faith-filled, not hopeless. Your identity is child of God. He brought that into you. He changed you. He changes destinies all the time. 2 Corinthians chapter 5.17 says this, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, they are a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. I remember once um, I was just a young teenager at school. And at school, I was having a few issues, frustrations. I came home and I had a bit of a whinge to my mum. And I don't know whether she'll ever remember this conversation, but she turned around and said, Richard, I know I'm in trouble when she calls me Richard. Richard, you're a leader. She may not realise it. She renamed me that day. You're a leader. You can handle this. Rise up. And as a teenager, something was sown into my heart. Something changed within me because someone told me who I am. And that's what God does. He renames people. And he, he wants to speak to you about your destiny. That you're not just here to breathe air on planet Earth. You're here because He has a plan for your life. And He wants to rename you according to that. Oh, will you rise up to it? Sometimes it's difficult. And it's in difficult situations. He calls your new name. That's what he does. I love the story of Jacob. Jacob, the, he was a weasel. His name means supplanter, deceiver. Found himself between a rock and a hard place. He was in a bad situation. He deceived his brother and his brother was tracking him down. 
He was deceived his uncle and his uncle was also setting up a plan to get him. He had nowhere to go. He'd run out of options. He'd run out of lies. He found himself in a wrestle with God. Can you imagine having a physical wrestle with God? I've had plenty of other wrestles with God. I've wrestled with him time and time again. He's wrestling with God and, and daylight comes and God says to him, look, I've got to go. And I love what Jacob says. He says, I will not let you go lest you bless me. I'm not going to let you go. Then God does this WWE type wrestling kick to the hip, puts his hip out of socket and goes. Before he goes, he says, but your name is no longer Jacob. Your name is Israel. The one who wrestled with me, the one who experienced my presence, the one who knows what it's like to be with God. Wow. From him, the nation came of Israel. All because he went through a difficult time. You might be going through the most harsh time right now. It's difficult being told we have to stay home. But do you know what? These are the times that he calls your name. What's he calling? What's he calling you today? What's he asking of you? Wow, it could be amazing things. This could be a destiny time moment. Things may never be the same, but they're going to be restored better. And you won't ever be the same either because he calls your name and you respond to that name and you see him do great things. Will you rise up and respond to that name? The third thing he does, he, he restores, he renames, and he resurrects. He brings them out of death. I see a lot of people walking around through fear and anxiety right now and um, confusion. I see people living the way they normally wouldn't live with really weird behaviour, especially in supermarkets. And I look around and I think there's, it's like we're walking corpse sometimes. And you sit and you think, is, is my career over? Are relationships over now? Are my dreams finished? I want to tell you no, because he resurrects. What you think was dead is no longer dead because he resurrects. I thought about the story of, of Lazarus. And I read that story over again just the other day. And I've got to tell you, it brought me some amazing hope. Jesus was heard that his friend Lazarus was sick at Bethany. And, uh, but yet he waited two days. And in that time, Lazarus died. Anyway, he starts the travels two days later. And, and he says, it's good I wasn't there so that God would be glorified. I thought, wow. Interesting things to say. And he makes his trip to Bethany. And, and then... Martha comes and meets Jesus and starts talking to him and says, Oh, Master, if you were here, my brother. And he interrupts her and says, Hey, 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 your brother will rise again. Oh, I love those words. Your career will rise again. Your family will rise again. Your dreams will rise again. But they're dead. If you'd only helped out, Jesus, no, they will rise again. She goes, oh, yes, Jesus, but in the afterlife. And I love what he says. I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me, though he may die, he shall live. 
And whoever lives and believes in me shall never die. Do you believe this? Really what Jesus was saying was this, I can resurrect him now. Do you believe it? Church, I wanna ask you, do you believe it? Do you think that you could see him resurrect things around your life? That's our hope. Yes, of course, we'll be resurrected into eternity if we were to pass before he comes. No doubt about that. But he doesn't just leave it to life and death. He leads it to lost and found as well. He brings resurrection to those who are blind can now see. He referred to that. That's now the resurrection. Right now you might think, I can't see where we're going. I can't see a future. He will resurrect your future. Oh, I feel like I'm lost. He will resurrect your situation. Friend, I want to tell you, He renews. Just like that picture of the trees across the dam who have been through the most devastating of flames and fire. At one stage, it looked as though they would never return. But now all this new growth is appearing. Church, I honestly believe with faith that this could be our finest hour. This could be the time the church rises up in our lifetime. And He chose for us to be here at this time. Wow. Church, if we do the right thing, if we continue to believe, if we continue to be faithful to Him, if we continue to connect and remain as the body of Christ, I honestly believe this will be the greatest moment the world has ever seen because the church was resurrected in this day. I honestly believe your life will be blessed. I I wanna prophesy, your life will be incredibly blessed and those outside the kingdom of God will see it and envy it. I want to prophesy over you right now that your your, your blessings will be much more than you've ever anticipated through your life. I remember just 20 years ago, the nation of Colombia was having a real hard time with drug warfare and a lot of terrible things happening there. And um, there was a band of Christians who held prayer meetings. And all of a sudden, and this is video documented, you can Google it. All of a sudden, what happened was, their veggies started becoming gigantic. Carrots, you know, two feet long. You know, vegetables, which they could only carry one at a time. These giant vegetables started growing everywhere. It was a phenomena. But what it was, in a time of darkness in a nation, Christians said, no, not on our time, not on our shift, this won't happen. And this great Creator formed much more, seven times maybe, of what the devil had tried to rip off. Oh, he's amazing. He's a great creator. And I wanna challenge you, church, don't sit down. Don't put up the white flag. No, this is a time for the church to be active. This is a time for the church to be making the phone call to the friend down the street saying, just checking in, how you doing? This is the time for the church to be praying and saying, God, bless our nation, bless this this city, bless this town. Let's rise up and let's rise up together. Why? Because our God renews. He's a restorer. He renames us and He resurrects. I'd love to pray for you right now. I think there's people sitting and listening to this right now in earshot. 
and you need the Holy Spirit to come and confirm some stuff to you right now. He's going to do it. You've been thinking about ideas and you thought, oh, well, that's impossible. No, no, no. Take the word impossible out and know that God is the God of the possible. And he wants, he brought that thought into you. He wants to see that evolve in your life. Some of you business people are going to have the most creative ideas. And he's going to bring it to you in dreams and visions and write it down, make it plain so that those who read it can run with it so that you can run with it. God's going to do this. He's going to pour out His Spirit upon you. I feel like I'm prophesying into many homes right now. Some of you, you've been praying for reconciliation with your family and bringing them closer. Now's your moment. Now's your time. God wants to bring reconciliation like never before. Now's the time. Some of you, you've been gripped with fear and worry. Ah, don't. You're worried about the economic situation. There's a lot of talk about that right now. I want to tell you, don't. Be faithful to God. You know, church, we've taught you this. Tithing and giving and don't stop being generous. Allow God to move through your life and you watch. People will look at you and say, how come you got through? Because you want a God, the Creator, the one who renews, He restores, He renames and He resurrects. That's your God. Holy Spirit, right now in this place, I just pray that you would just bless every person. Earshot of this message. Let your presence be close to them. Let your presence be found right with them now. Holy Spirit, would you bring those dreams? Would you bring that peace, that assurance beyond all comprehension, God? And let them know, Lord, that you are so close to them. To say that you are close is to say you're too far away. You're closer than close. Now, Creator God, would you just let your restoration come into every person's heart, every person's soul and spirit. Renew them, I pray, in the name of Jesus. Amen. Church, I'm so excited. I believe we are in for the greatest time. We're in for the greatest hour, our finest hour as a church. Who knows where this will lead? But we'll do it together. We'll do it with arms linked <laughs> metaphorically together. Because there's a lost world out there that need the church to make it. There's a lost church out there that need the world to... There's a lost world out there that needs the church to rise above the circumstances. And we can do that. We're going to continue to honour what the Prime Minister has asked us to do. Who knows what it will look like next week? <laughs> but God is not surprised. God is not taken by surprise at all. He knows. So what we're going to do today is we're just going to finish off with a little bit more worship and then we'll finish off the service. I encourage you to parents to sit down with your children and begin to explain to them that God is a God who restores. Parents, this is the greatest way to teach them. You are the greatest kids pastors. Parents, you are the best. Sit down and say, what we've learned today is that God restores. He did it before. He'll do it again. He renames. He sets your destiny. 
doesn't give, it doesn't look at what you do now, but he looks at what you will do in your destiny. He names you according to that. And he also resurrects what seems dead. He can bring to life. Oh, he can renew it and bring it to life like that. And it's always better afterwards. I love you so much, church. So grateful to you. I love seeing all the huddles starting to pop up on social media and people gathering, all the young people are doing it. We're all going to do it together. Why? Because of the destiny that's over the church. That's why we do it. God bless you. Let's worship him.